Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. What would football be without drama? Conte, we didn't tell you Tottenham were going to challenge with the big boys. And oh my God, you thought things were bad at Manchester United before? Wait till you hear Wonger's take on Brentford's big triumvirate triumph. This is Footy Prime. My name is Brendan Dunlop. I learned that word from producer Dan Wong in the most recent TikTok video produced by Footy Prime social media team. <laughs> producer Dan Wong is here, as is former Premier League goalkeeper and Canadian Sports Hall of Famer Craig Forrest. And the first ever captain in Toronto FC history and Nottingham Forest regular star, former player, now super fan, Jimmy Brennan. We've never discussed this. I don't know how you want to be introduced when it comes to your team. Just tricky, Jimmy. It sounds misleading. The move, just 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 <laughs> put him put the move on. Just, every year, every just, year he's going to have Jimmy, a different team just, in the Premier League. It'll be North, Jimmy then it'll be Nottingham Forest, then it'll be North, then it'll be Nottingham Forest. Just yellow, Jimmy Forest, red, yellow, <laughs> little Southampton. No, no, I like Forest. Come on. The move That's because it. he moved a lot. That's that where it comes from. The move. No, Wanger, that's a great callback. I actually didn't move really much compared to a lot of people in football. For a mm-hmm. for a fifteen year pro career? Fifteen year Yeah. Maybe they like me. That's why yeah. I stayed at most of my clubs for a while. That could be yeah, I stayed at I stayed at Ipswich probably too long. Well, I'm I, I gotta be honest, I, I didn't think you guys would keep yeah, me around this long. I would have killed myself <laughs> staying in Ipswich that long. Hey, it's a cute little town. Don't be attacking Ipswich. Is Ipswich the type of place, Craig, where they would uh, record like a series of Christmas movies? You know, those like subpar television Christmas movies. I feel like Ipswich would be a place to do that. Not Ipswich town itself, but uh, in the outskirts, there'd definitely be little villages and towns and things like that that are definitely uh, beautiful for... uh, a setting like that. Mm. One of those Hallmark movies. Lifetime yeah. Hallmarks. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. In Ontario, Hamilton. It is stuck out there, though. It's not an easy place to get to. Mm. Well, No, you wouldn't go there on your holidays, would you? Hey. <laughs> they, go to, they used to go to Alborough, which is uh, in the, some of those coastal towns. are very quiet, and that was a holiday spot for a lot of people. Or a destination during the war for all the kids. For all the old heads. Yeah. You want to read a book? <laughs> if you do want to read a book, check out Dero My Life, the story of Dwayne DeRosario. Ips, Ips, Ipswich sucks. <laughs> hey, who, who wrote that book anyways? Elena Watko. It was uh, with the forward by Lennox Lewis. Really good book. What are you going to say now, about Ipswich? So for those of you that were in some sleepy summer town and don't have internet access at the cottage, you missed a hell of a Premier League weekend. 
Hey, boys. Thanks for matching my energy level. That's good. We'll start with the headliner on Sunday, which was a super Sunday super clash between two of London's biggest clubs. One who's had their hands on the Champions League trophy, the Premier League trophy, and one who can only dream of putting their hands on trophies. Chelsea 2, Tottenham 2. What a finish at the bridge, Jimmy Brennan, whose internet has just crashed out. I think we're doing too much content, guys. I think the internet... And the universe is telling us your boys are burnt out. Craig? No, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did you think of the game? We'll wait for Jimmy to come back in. I, I feel like we can just get right into it, hit the ground running, because uh, there was a lot of running up and down that touchline. Wasn't there? Wasn't there? We're going to have uh, to lay the grass on that side now because they've just been sprinting back and forth, the two managers across the manager's boxes. <laughs> Second game of the season. Amazing, eh? I mean, the passion and, well, the, I mean, the incidents in the games too. You know, you could, Chelsea could argue that, you know, both goals from Spurs shouldn't have counted. Um, you could uh, argue that uh, Chelsea could finish a little bit better. That game should have been done. Sterling had a great chance, have it with a great ball. Uh, um, it was it was terrific, and then in the end of the game, I didn't see it, but apparently Conte was uh, given a red card and sent off. So, uh, with a little fracas on the sideline, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, if you if you didn't see it because the stream cut out, I do know that every Sunday, uh, at least for the time being, after the headline game, which will end around uh, one twenty five p.m. Eastern time, we will be live on Twitter, the Footy Prime Twitter account, which is Footy underscore Prime, and the Footy Prime YouTube channel giving you your post-game fill. So I'll fill you and Craig as to what happened. In the handshakes, Thomas Tuchel walked towards Conte as Tuchel was walking towards the center of the pitch. Conte's walking now back towards the touchline. They have a very strong grip, you can see just from the television cameras, and neither of them committed to letting go as their motion took them around in a bit of a, a merry-go-round, a spin-around. And Conte... The look on Conte's face now and his fully back to the, the touchline and facing the opposite direction, facing the center of the pitch. The fury in his face that it just it became a you let go. No, you let go. No, you let go. As they both just gripped into each other's hands. And then as the shouting starts, and I, I do wonder what language they were shouting at each other in. I'd love to catch that video. Everybody flurries in and it felt like those baseball brawls. When the pitcher's staring down the batter and then the batter takes five steps and then everybody floods in and just elevates the ruckus, that's exactly what that felt like. So who actually let go? I think they got pulled off of each other. Oh, yeah, they started, they started kicking dirt on each other's shoes. I'm surprised that Tuchel <laughs> didn't let go. I know we talked about this a bit on the post-game show, but yeah, I, would, I did not think that Tuchel would be someone that would challenge Antonio Conte in a physical altercation. He had a good grip there. He did. He pulled him right in. Well, I liked he, it. He had nearly as good a grip as Chelsea had on that game. Oh yeah. Half. And they yeah, they let that grip slip, didn't they? Maybe he was asking him where he got his plugs. <laughs> Come here, you. Where'd you get those plugs? Exactly. You <laughs> have the hair. best hair. You have the best hair transplant in the world. Your hair is beautiful. The color. Yeah. What? Not one gray hair. No. Well, not even that. Like. He was bold. I went to <laughs> I went to Doctor Istanbul, and he didn't give me as good of a job. Well, I told you to go here, and you told me to go there. Yeah, Tuchel's kind of like me. Where I don't think there's any hope. 
<laughs> is that something you'd want to do, Craig? Should we be looking into that? Wong, or should you be speaking <clears throat> to Turkish hair replacement cosmetic clinics for our boy Craig Forrest? Well, only if he does like a full-on curly afro. I think that's what we'd have to. We'd have to be part of the voting system to say what best suits his hair. Because yeah, when they did I that would, Grecian formula, the I would need only a, for men. an African-American hair to yeah. be transplanted, and I would have a full afro. Can you imagine? That would look awesome. Would. I would have, it would be like, a, I'd have a way out. Like a yeah, foot. like Shaft back in the day. <laughs> Richard exactly. Roundtree. Or do it like a Rick James. <laughs> yeah, and I'd have one of those combs in Ooh. it. Rick James was bald like uh, Conte. That was all like a wig, wiggy yeah. kind of thing going on. Really? This has yeah. been a real theme with us. We did this in the post-game show, and now we've carried it over. And for those of you who have not seen the USA 94 sh- photos of Antonio Conte playing for Italy, where the wind blows and there's nothing on the top. It's it's just yeah. the scarcest of hair across the top. Mm-hmm. To see him now as a, a confidently full-headed man, full head of hair man, I said I should say, makes it uh, quite entertaining. Yeah, he looks great, to be honest. <laughs> you know who I thought was really on their game today? Kai Havertz. Uh, he was hungry. He looked up for it. He was bulldozing guys late in that second half. Yeah. No, he did. He worked hard. I liked it. I th- what a great effort that was. Look, it's always, for me, you know, if I, if I put myself in a situation where I'm playing a match and I see my striker working their ass off like he was working today, I tell you, it, it motivates you. It gets everybody going. There's nothing worse than playing with a lazy striker that's not closing down because you defend from the top first. Yeah. And when you see a striker working his ass off, closing down, look, there was a couple of times he's given little cheap shots where he's running into guys and he's just letting people know he's in a game. He was up for it today. And you could see it just it motivates everybody. I thought it was a terrific performance. Still think he should have scored that goal. Mm-hmm. That that ball that was whipped in. I understand Craig saying, you know, you might have lost lost track of it as it got whipped in, but look for a for a striker, you know, that's that's your job. You gotta bury that. You gotta put it in the back of the net. Because it, it was I agree with you there, goal. Jimmy, as far as that goes. I just yeah. give him a little bit of, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> benefit of the doubt when it came around the defender, so he would have. And the pace of the ball was just oh, it was whipped coming wow. in at a hundred mile an hour. Beautiful. Yeah, Sharman said on our post game show he thinks this is the best rivalry in the Premier League now. Do you think it is, Jimmy? I think it's getting there now. Obviously, look when when it's intense like that, you know, players are at it, management's at it, everybody's going going after it. it it just creates that momentum and you know the fans will be seeing that and then the fans will be want to go at each other and it's it's really good it's heating up that's for sure there's no doubt about it that that yeah. london rivalry is heating up for sure it is and, and, and they're think, also very close to each other as far yeah. as where they are in the league you know i mean i don't think you can get far away from the liverpool you know man united thing but yeah. right now united's in the tailspin and liverpool's in a different world so but you look at these two teams right now; they're, they're quite similar in where they are in the league positions, where they where they hope to be anyway. Yeah, no, I Top agree. Four. Well, they're 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 fighting for the same spots, aren't they? Mm. They're going for it. So, you know, I I loved it. I love it when it's like that, and I love when the managers get into it with the mm-hmm. other manager because then it fires you up. If I'm on that field and I see my manager going crazy and their manager fighting, the players are at it. It just creates a wicked energy in a game. 
At a clothesline, Tuchel. If 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 somebody ran across me, I'd just give him the just put my arm out, straight arm, clothesline him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Put him in a sleeper. (laughs) Who was the most fiery manager you had? Uh oh, I had uh, Tony Pulis was fiery. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Pulis, especially as when he was younger. I had him early. Um, he was he was aggressive. Joe Jordan was pretty aggressive. Uh, who else? That was it. Everybody else was pretty chilled. You know, David Platt was pretty chilled. Paul Hart, he could get going. He could, he could light it up. But that was I've heard it. stories about Tony Pulis, and uh, you can correct me or nod or deny uh, that he had a tendency after probably tight or frustrating matches that he would go into the change room immediately, and before he would speak to the team, he'd, he'd take a shower, and he would just yell about in the shower before coming out and speaking to the team? Uh, no, he'd come in and give you a bollocking, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He didn't hold back. Maybe it was in later years. Maybe he felt like he had to let it out alone before he let it out to the team. <laughs> oh, Count maybe. To 10. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I don't remember him having a, having a shower, though, but yeah, he was, he was pretty aggressive. Harry was fiery. Harry Redknapp. You kind of laugh though, wouldn't you? When he got fired up, you'd start. You must yes. start giggling. I would start giggling if he got fired up. Oh yeah, I remember we were having a stinker, and he, a fan, uh, threw his wallet of season tickets, and it hit Harry in the back of the head. And Harry turns around, picks him up, looks at him. He's like, "Got this guy's name on it, all the season tickets." And the guy's like, that's it, I'm out. I'm not coming back. And Harry's like, yeah, you fucking idiot. He's like, I got your season tickets. And he starts calling them names and they start arguing in the crowd. And Upton Park was tight. So, you know, so then all the fans, they, they sort of took sides with Harry and then the guy. And then it was just, they, I was like, man, Harry, what are you getting involved with here? <laughs> but they're his own people. They're all the same. The Eastenders, man, they they're uh, they get fired up. It's one of the things that made him such a character, though, right? Mm. I don't think there was anyone that he wouldn't have a go at or was afraid of. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. He'd be someone that if he was locked into a you you let go of my hand first standoff with another manager, he'd be right in it. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I, his head off. Craig, tell him the one where uh, if people are listening as well, they can go on YouTube and Google it. The one where the, the player hits him on the back of the head for the football. That's he, right. Everybody yells at him and says, that's why yeah. you're playing. <laughs> see, he, you know, everybody knew, like, and he wanted to see Harry flip out too, right? Yeah. Because he just loses his mind and that would just make it even funnier. So guys are laughing at him, right? So yeah. he's doing a interview about a game coming up and somebody's pinged the ball and I think it hit him right in the <laughs> head or something. Like, it hit him hard. <laughs> And he turned and he started absolutely laying into this guy. And he's, uh, I forget what he said. He was like, uh, he goes, what are you, oh, he goes, what are you doing? He goes, and the kid, <laughs> go, oh, we're taking shots. We're shooting. And he's like, you're shooting on that and you fucking hit me. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he starts doing the interview again, but he can't let it go. <laughs> and and he stops the interview. He turns and he goes, that's why you're in the fucking reserves. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant man 
It's amazing. The best yeah. part, because that, you're right, though. The best part is when he, he can't let it go. He goes back to the interview. <laughs> and she, they start talking again. He's like, no, can't let it go. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why you're in the fucking reserves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, he loved working with guys who he bad apples, you know, guys that no other clubs would really take, you know, or, or a little bit reluctant to. Mm-hmm. You know, Razor Ruddick, you know, he's he's a guy that's hard to manage. He's one of a kind. Uh, the Canio took him after the referee pushing incident. And when the referee actually took a dive, Paul Oh, Alcock. that was embarrassing, wasn't it? <laughs> that's another one on YouTube. Uh, Paul Alcock and the Canio <laughs> push. Anyway, he got suspended for a long time. But, you know, he had a reputation for being a you know really difficult to manage. And he was really difficult to manage. But for some reason, Harry just liked all that, all that banter and Draw. arguing and, oh, Christ, he almost encouraged it. It was amazing. Hmm. Do you think that uh, you would have been able to have played in a change room with someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, specifically in this time period now where this club is trying to tr- transcend, trying to start a new chapter, and yet you have one of the greatest footballers of all time who clearly wants nothing to do with this transition process and feels entitled to do things his own way. Mm. Craig. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I I mean, if that was going on in my dressing room, it's a, you got one of the very best players I've ever played the world and on this planet, maybe the best all around player. And he's pulling those types of stunts in your dressing room and your team, and you're just taking it left, right, and center from the media, from your former players, from the fans, your managers giving it to you. This is supposed to be the new guru coming in, and Mm -hmm. it's just started off terribly, and you have that. So it's not something I would go public with because you're not going to win that. No, with Ronaldo's history and what he's won. But it would just be like, you know, it would be nice if you put on at least half of what you did in your former career to help us out here and i wouldn't be afraid to say that to him but mm-hmm. end of the day you need him on the side if he's going to stay at the club and if he performs at his best they might do okay but he could he could literally pull that dressing room apart yeah well i think that match against brentford losing four nil on saturday that might pull the season apart right oh. jimmy hey listen Let's let's put it this way. You got Ronaldo, you got Ronaldo who's in the, in that dressing room. The man, whether you like him or not, is a winner. He wins. Yeah. Wins championships. He wins leagues. He's won everything there is to win. Now, you lose 4-0. You're going to expect him to be losing his mind. Man mm-hmm. United's not performing. They're not picking up results. Turmoil. The place is a mess. Of course he's pissed off. Of course he's pissed off. He wants to win. Wants to play. But if his attitude isn't good, Jimmy, and it's been poor in training, and he left at yeah. you know at the halftime when he the preseason game and things like that, it's just does not. No, it doesn't. It doesn't fit in well, right? And I, right. I totally, I totally get that. But he's got a standard that's up here. Everything that he's done in his career is about winning. And if he's in that dressing room and he's looking around at these guys going fucking. Nobody here wants to win. He's yeah. losing his mind. He's losing his shit. Mm. Of course he's going to be losing it. What, like, what does the club expect? He, he's got standards that are up here, and Man United's standards aren't there where they should be. 
Not even close. So, not even close. And he's probably looking at the players saying, and you guys probably think this is acceptable. Well, it's not. And he's yeah. losing his mind. Rightly but so. Starting the season, though, with him was always going to lead to some type of problem. I mean, they were always going to struggle out the gate with this new system, the way Ten Hag had them, has them using, trying to use David De Gea like he's Emerson. I mean, that's, I think it was that second goal. And he's looking at Christian Eriksen, who's so far back. What the hell? Is, what was he going to do? Eriksen had, had no option with the ball as that outlet anyway. That's clearly someone who's overthinking, who's been grilled into some new type of system to try and play from the back against a side that was just fueled with confidence. Brentford, after getting the first one. Yeah, you have to pick and choose your moments when you want to do that. Um However, I mean, if you're good enough and you lay that ball into somebody, it doesn't matter if somebody's on your back. Um, it just basically it's everything going. They can give it back to the goalkeeper if he's comfortable with it, make angles, play out. You see Man City do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but he didn't put the ball in a very good position and it was stolen off him. So first he lets a soft one in and he's been their best player over the last couple of years, De Gea, for yeah. me, in my opinion. And if he starts leaking goals and doesn't stand on his head, you're never in a good position. So he lets that one go underneath him. Um, bad technique. Must have swerved because he just went with his arms instead of going down. Uh, technique, technically, it was very poor. And then he gives that one away, and then they give up a set piece, and it was like, ooh. <laughs> so they can't, they can't uh, do anything well. And if your best player starts doing that, uh, you're in trouble. I hate throwing around superlatives, but it's hard not to with this. And yes, recency bias. But Jimmy, is this the craziest Premier League result you can remember? The most unpredictable. If you looked at the odds for this game, I'm not sure what they were. But normally, with a side like that going up against United, for the perfect score, you'd probably get plus 7,000. Look, nobody in the world would have predicted that Brentford would have won 4-0 and scored Four goals <laughs> in 30 minutes. Not even, not even you, Warner. Actually, he did pick them to win, though. They he said picked. that they wouldn't, but nobody not would have four. thought they would have scored I, four no, goals. No, I, I said, like so that. I said they take the over, and I said if you want to take the parlay, I said United is a mess, and I'd say take the parlay if you wanted to have some more fun and go for the win. And I forget what the numbers were, but they were significant. And uh, I won – a uh, box of uh, candy corn and uh, some large nibs licorice. So it was a good day. Oh, you're, gam- you're gambling with Charms' wagers here? That's right. Angeles? That's right. $2.27 wager. And a four-pack of drumsticks. You know, the caramel drumsticks? I like those. Oh, you're a big chicken wing drumstick guy. Oh, that's even... I like those, too. I'm talking the ice cream. Drumsticks with yeah, the yeah. cone. Of course. That's only the third time Man United have conceded four goals in the first half ever. I know. I know. In the Premier League, 30 years. They just seem like so broken. You saw four. And Craig, did you think? uh, I don't know. We were joking about it on Twitter. Did you think? Shit. If it gets to six, might as well get to nine. (laughs) You know, I I did and I didn't. Because I just thought, well, I mean, the only way they're going to do that is if they keep throwing goals in. And I don't think. De Gea was going to do that anymore, and I thought they would tighten up somewhat. <laughs> but I did joke about it. Just wild. Um, Quentin Fortune and Owen Hargraves were on the the broadcast, the Premier League Productions broadcast, and they were just so embarrassed by like the lack of fight. 
Hargrave said, no one that's ever been associated with Manchester United can believe what just happened today. No. That's embarrassing. That's a lowest of the low for them to lose 4-0 at Brentford away. It's terrible. My next I, question. I bet, ahead. though, you could probably go back in time and the last few seasons, three years maybe, you could probably see him line him up with, this is the worst performance I've ever seen. This is the worst performance. I've never seen something so bad. And <laughs> it just gets worse yeah. and worse. But That's I think true. he's right on this one. I think this might have topped it. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't, could you imagine being um, Gary Neville or Roy Keane on Saturday, sitting in the studio, knowing that you have to come up and speak on this? Oh, they probably would have left. They probably would have went home. Yeah. They would have pulled a Ronaldo and a Diogo Dallo and yeah. left at halftime. Yeah. I would have. I think Neville uh, lost as a manager 7-0, though, at home once when he was in Spain. Valencia. Valencia. He's pretty open about that, eh? I don't know if you've seen too much or heard him speak much, Jimmy, about how, you know, he just, he wanted it so bad that he didn't realize how unprepared he was for the situation. And then how it's totally ruined his thought of what management could be that he he doesn't want to do it again. Yeah. Well, that's, happens. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people get into it and coaching think it's easy. I mean, look, for, it's easy for us to talk about it. Yeah. But when you're a manager and if you've never been in that situation, it's difficult. It is very, very difficult. It's hard. Um, and he found out firsthand. And at least he's open about it and tells you, hey, listen, didn't go according to plan. Mm. I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as it was. Um, and that's why he's not ready to jump back into it. I mean, he's great talking about football. But you can see as well, he's he's definitely got appreciation for managers and what they what they do and what they're going through. Does that cliche that your comfort zone will kill you, right? For as good as things can be when you're in a situation, if you're ambitious like all of these men in football are, there's going to be eventually a time where they want to do something else. Do you think Aaron Ten Hag regrets choosing now as the time? Because I do I'm wonder sure. if it was another club, if it was a Spurs. Yeah, I think... Would, I think, look, he's, he's ambitious, and that's why he's taking that job. You're, you're, you're taking one of the best jobs in football. Yeah. And he probably definitely thought, listen, I can probably make a difference here, and I'm going to test myself. After that result, the 4 nil, he's probably on the bus home thinking, what, what? the fuck have I just done? I was no. so comfortable so comfortable three months ago. <laughs> it's, one, it's, it's one of those jobs like, uh, you know, David Moyes, when he took it, it's like, yeah, yeah, they were in decline. You know, they were definitely lucky to win that year and they were aging. And Alex Ferguson was like, yeah, it's my time to get off this because there's, there's a, there's a big job ahead of them no matter, no matter what. So mm. you can't, you can't follow Alex Ferguson. You just really can't. You can't win that. I mean, that's the standard that's very difficult to possibly keep, but you can't turn the job down. Yeah. It's Man United. It's like you have to, you gotta, you're not gonna get another chance to do it. It's not like you say, oh, I'm not ready yet, because you're probably not gonna get the chance again. So of course you're gonna take it. But yeah, you're right. On the bus going home, you must be something living in a twilight zone. Like what has just happened over the last few weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Since we- I'll, I'll direct this to all of you, but let's start with Wonger because Wonger was the closest with his prediction for the game. Is Eric Ten Hag the manager of Manchester United when the World Kick World Cup kicks off in November, Wonger? Yeah, I don't think they... Look, I don't know which direction they're going to be. I mean, they're at the bottom now, so they could stay around the bottom. Um, 
I'd say you keep them um, and you try and give these guys some pride in the locker room. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I can understand you guys are talking about Ronaldo. I can understand him being like Jimmy said, this guy's used to winning, but there is also this level of, you know, he's supposed to be a leader now and you can't just be a leader by being pissed off. You got to bring up some of these guys. There's guys there that, I mean, they're not performing and yeah, he'll still be the, he'll still be the manager. Um, I don't think, I think it's crazy to get rid of the manager like that when, you know, this is the beginning of the season. I, I remember all the guys, all the, all the Gunners fans last year at the beginning of the season, Arsenal, after they lost to Brentford in the first, I think it was first two weeks, everybody was, I hate being an Arsenal fan and they turned it around and now look at them. I just think that if it was a situation where they're like, how many games before the World Cup? I mean, if they're lost six, one, two, or something like that, is that bad? I don't, it's just a results driven business. It's mm. just who survives that? Nobody, I don't think, would survive that, let alone at Manchester United. And so then the merry go round continues. The magnitude is so much bigger, and everyone feels it. At Manchester United, it's just it's always been that way. It's the it's the blessing and the curse of being the biggest club in the world, right? But you look at Frank De Boer. It was Frank, right? Frank De Boer at Palace. Mm. Four games. He lasted. He lasted four games. They didn't score a, a single goal. Um, Jose Mourinho, great quote. It was like that's, he's the worst manager in Premier League history. That's a fact. <laughs> Statistically, you, you cannot argue it. Frank De Boer, the worst manager in Premier League history. Look at the yeah. stats. Well, fellas, let me ask you this, though. Is United as a roster as bad as the results? Of course not. That's what I mean. So they have the ability uh, on a talent level to turn this around. Now yeah. it's up to them, right? Mm. They're, not getting, to they, them. they're not getting relegated. Anyone who's, who's right. fantasizing, but they're, they're, you're being senile. Yeah. But unlike other teams where every club is going to have uh, two chapters this season, because the season is broken up into uh, Clausura and Apatura because of the World Cup. But United will have three. And the third one is the first one, and it's this Ronaldo era. Hmm. And this either ends or it changes. It ends with him going, or he fully buys in and he doesn't start every game. And I, I can't see that happening, to be honest. And then they'll have their flow. The World Cup will interrupt it, whether the flow is good or bad. The World Cup will interrupt it, and then they have this, the second part of the season. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Craig? Um, what's Good that got thought. to do with it? <laughs> just the just the <laughs> fact that their season in particular <laughs> is three different seasons. <laughs> yes, they're gonna have three. They're gonna. Do you agree that the three? Yeah. Ask well, Jimmy agrees. Jimmy agrees with you a lot, and makes for a very uh, non-competitive radio. I should have just uh, directed the question to Jimmy. I would have probably said the same as what Craig just said. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's every now and then. Now I'm in the shadow of uh, Wonger's analytics, I guess. I'm just... yeah. I think they might be stuck with The bar's with been raised. The they bugs. might be stuck with Ronaldo. He's making so much money. Who's gonna? There's only a few clubs could afford it. And no, with his attitude and his age and everything at the moment, I don't think he's going anywhere. So at the time of recording... The reports are that Manchester United are looking into the possibility of terminating his contract yep. because of his attitude and behavior. 
that there's some issue that, that he corrects that and adjusts his, his behavior, or they will seek out how to actually terminate his contract. Good luck with that. What are Good the obstacles? Good luck with that. What are the obstacles in sending in their way? Do they not have the power to do that? The PFA would get involved in that. You can fine him all you like. You can fine him two weeks' wages for leaving the ground early. There's various different things. But if you're going to try to actually terminate his contract, primarily because you want him off his, but you, you want yeah. rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if he was, you know, the guy and he was in his yeah. prime, they would bend over backwards for him. Yeah. So it all depends on the situation. Right now, no, they'd right. love to get, get him off the books. But yeah. that's they, they got no shot, Jimmy. Not no, you legally. can't you can't you can't just say we're gonna terminate and where you go. It's gotta be mutual consent. Mm-hmm. Because if I, they said we're gonna terminate and he goes, I don't want to terminate it, and they did it, well, you got a you got a big lawsuit on your hands. But if they both agree to it, then you can do it. Like you can't just I couldn't just sign you and then two months into it go, I'm terminating your contract, you're gone. You'd be like, Go fuck yourself. I got three years left. Yeah. <laughs> so there has to be a mutual agreement. But this happens behind the scenes all the time where the clubs are not necessarily giving them a fair out clause, hoping that a toxic situation or the player's own ambitions, dreams, and ego will see them commit to some shit exit clause. Yeah, right? but but in their contract as well, there's there's certain little gray areas. You know, it's performance-based and you have to, you know, respect the club and uh, you have to perform and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And so they'll be looking at certain areas in his contract to say, okay, well, you're not meeting these, these standards that we've agreed to. Mm-hmm. So they'll be, they'll be fishing around the lawyers, definitely trying to figure out how they can get, get rid of them if they plan to. But what about tweeting a photo of Craig, the- Craig's right though. Like the, the PFA, would, they'll be watching the situation as well. Tweeting a photo of the kit before you go in for the photo shoot. That'd be a good way to, let the club know you you want the hell out. <laughs> we've we've seen that. Do you remember that, Josie? Yeah. I think Before it's quite kit. clear he would love to get out. No, it certainly is. <clears throat> but Wong, yeah. Wongers, before we go on, Wonger posted on there that, and it's an interesting read that, that I mentioned before, but it actually is quite more interesting than I thought it was. United have conceded four goals in the first half on three occasions since October two thousand and twenty something which had never happened before in the Premier League. This, uh, These were against Tottenham in October 2020, Liverpool 2020. Uh, last, last October, yeah. Yeah, last October. And then now Brentford. And then Brentford. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted that stat yesterday. It's crazy that it's a theme with United, right? That somehow they, they're falling into that. We always talk about or uh, joke about Southampton that keeps getting pummeled, right? 7-0? Was it 9-0? Happened twice? Yes, it was nine. <laughs> nine yes. Just, <laughs> he was he was praying it was gonna be ten. Yeah. Come on, one more. It just seems so crazy that it would happen twice. So but they did they did it at home. They yeah. lost nine nil at home. Which is crazy. Yeah. Craig crazy. Craig doesn't want to lose that though. It that's, good, me. that's good infamy. He gets called all the time. I know. He always gets the, the scribes over in England always give him a holler when yeah. anyone comes close. It's People his- love Craig, though. Whoever True. takes that from him, like if it was Hugo Lloris or, I don't know, Mendy or Kepa, they're not going to enjoy that infamy, no. and people aren't going to want to talk to them. We're very lucky, Craig, that that's what you're famous for. I, I know. 
One game, eh? Your loss, our game. <laughs> you know who Manchester United play next? No. Oh, yes. Liverpool, Liverpool don't they? <laughs> yes. Liverpool. At home, right? I, I cannot wait for that. I cannot wow. wait for that. See what situation they're going to be in. <laughs> like, talk about the worst possible schedule. Um, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> it shouldn't have been. It, when you looked at it, it shouldn't have been at all. But exactly that for them. Yeah, absolutely disastrous. Um, let's bounce around some other games quickly. Arsenal 4, Leicester 2. It looked like they'd let Leicester back in the game, but you know what Arsenal's been missing forever, Craig, and uh, they've got it now? They're they're ruthless. They ha- they're, they're cutthroat, and uh, I don't think that they're going to be beaten like that in the past or collapse in matches that we've seen before when mm-hmm. the team puts up a fight. They might let you back in, but they still got the knockout blow. Yeah, they do. They do have that. That was an interesting game, too. I kind of fear for Leicester a little bit. They haven't, you know, yeah. done a lot. What have they done in the offseason, really? But Anything? Trying to keep hold of Fafana. I feel like that's trying to keep thing. a hold of players. Schmeichel's yeah. gone, too. And it just seems odd to not see Schmeichel in net. No. Yeah. That is weird. They're trying to keep hold of Madison. I feel as though they probably haven't been able to do much business because they're spending so much energy and time to try and keep the guys they have. Yeah. Unless there's a team I worry for too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Jesus bagged too. Afterwards, he was talking about how great it is essentially to have a manager who believes in him, <laughs> who backs him, and how he's the type of player that needs minutes and has always said this. And now he's getting minutes and that's why he's performing. For a kind of a soft spoken guy, I liked how direct he was. Yeah, it's him just having a little dig, isn't it? But he wasn't complaining when he was lifting up the, the Premier League trophy no, at no, Man no. City, was he? He did say that as well. He did say how uh, how much he loved his time at Manchester City. That of course. Was, was the preface the to that change, line. and now he's in new environment. He's enjoying it, but he's playing with a lot of confidence. That's for sure. Looks good. His old old team don't miss him because Manchester City can still score goals from fun for fun from everywhere. Four nil winners over Bournemouth. So. That means that uh, Aston Villa have no chance because Villa couldn't beat Bournemouth. They're just going to get pummeled by City. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that uh, you know, City are in a good form. You'd expect six points from the start of the season for them, the way the fixture list was, but like they look pretty good. They look pretty dangerous. I mean, they're fun to watch, aren't they? I think they're if you're so Bournemouth or pretty much half of the teams in the Premier League, you come out of there with a three or four nil loss and you're you're not too devastated. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Like they got potential that they got potential to put eight, nine past somebody if they want. Oh, easily. They do. If you get um, a team that's just off on uh, on the day a little bit, you're getting seven, eight put against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had three, they were up three nil thirty seventh minute. But Kevin De Bruyne, though, God, for anyone who loves Canada, the Canadian men's national team, I'm terrified for that Belgium game, Greg. <laughs> not half as terrified as the uh, defenders for Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to be, you know, in sync with them, connected with them. Holy hell. Uh, uh, I think he's got to pick up a tweak. I think he's, you know, not like I said, I tweeted something out like, you know, nothing serious, just a little hammy, you know, keeps him out of the game. COVID and, and seven COVID. others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seven others would help too. 
No, they're going to be they're going to be dangerous, Belgium, especially the form he's in. Honestly, he's absolutely deadly. Um, Liverpool play tomorrow, the Monday nighter, which feels like uh, for me kind of throws off the schedule a little bit. You're, you're waiting for City and Liverpool to either play back to back time slots, um, but I like having the Monday night game to look forward to, something to distract me on Monday afternoon and make me even less productive, and organized. <laughs> Tell you who looked really organized, and they uh, they did well. They looked more organized, but they weren't as impressive as I had hoped. Uh, Aston Villa, they beat Everton two one, which I think is more of a shot at Everton because they're just so scrambled and out of sorts. Um, but at least they looked better than they did against Bournemouth. And for the first time, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins proved they can play together for me, because that's not something that um, has has ever worked. And when Dean Smith bought Ings, I thought, Jesus, four four two just doesn't work anymore consistently. How how are you going to play these two together? But I think they I think they may have found a groove with him. Yeah, I watched the highlights of that one. I didn't really watch the the whole game. Emmy uh, Buendia was outstanding. You know yeah. he's he's keeping he's keeping Philippe Coutinho out of the side, and he may mm. he may continue to. I don't know if that'll be the new thing. Talk about playing with each other. I don't know if Buendia and Coutinho can play with each other. No, how much either or? How much pressure is on Frank Lampard? We knew that he'd be starting with a ton, but that, was there a bit of a leash this season, considering they'd lost for Charleston and it was his first full season? Well, we said at the beginning he's, he was going to be the first one that we thought probably could get fired. There's yeah. a hell of a lot of pressure on him going into mm-hmm. this season. Because people want to see, obviously, where they where they finished off last last year, narrowly escaping relegation. People want to see there's an improvement, and if they're not improving, then they're going to look and say, "Right, you've got to move on," because you can't have the same battle that they had last year. I don't see them being. I don't look at them now and think they're better Mm-mm. at all. Now they you know pick up a, an injury there in the first one too, in the first game. Yeah. Did you see Brighton nail Newcastle nail? It's a game I was expecting to maybe see some goals from, but maybe they're just two teams that are in their stride. They cancel each other out. Very well, very well managed, very well coached. Yeah, Newcastle have done really well actually. I think for results wise, I think they're they've done as well as just about anybody over the last. You know, three months counting. Yeah, I forget last year. I forget what it was, um, February or March, but uh, the points totals in comparison to the other sides in the prem, they would be in a top four place, and third or fourth, I think, in terms of the points that have accumulated since they've really found a stride. With I think Bruno Guimaraes is is incredible. I think he's going to be such a coup, and they're just going to add. You know, obviously they've got the money. They're going to get to a point I think very soon where. They're not being hit with such a tax. They're always going to overpay a little bit, but not with the extortionate fees that people are looking for now. Maybe they yeah. pick up the phone and get Ronaldo up there. What do you think? Feel bad you for know, I, Wilson it, if they did that. Whoever's running that the operation there, they don't seem to be. Well, they're certainly doing it differently than the Live Golf Tour. Oh, see you, Jimmy. <laughs> just more patient than you expect. Yeah, more patient, yeah. Jimmy's not so patient. I don't think Jimmy's enjoying the program today. Doing all something silly and going crazy. They're not doing that. No. 
No, they have been more responsible, I think, than we all expected. The joke was that they'd be linked with Mbappe and Holland and everyone that they could pay. Yeah, And they're still likely to be able to, to pay some of those elite A-list guys. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two years they don't have someone mm. of that blockbuster superstar name. But they're not, they've not been reckless. They've been, yeah. they've been well, I don't surprise, I won't be surprised in a couple of years, but it just it, it surprised me somewhat that they've gone into it this way, which I actually think is is actually great. I, I think it's a good way to go about it. Build slowly, don't just go absolutely crazy and pick your pieces and pick your times and your moments. And you know, whoever the general manager is when they're talking to people, we're not they're they're gonna they they pulled out a lot of deals because whoever they were talking to, all of a sudden that player's uh Doubled in price. Everyone's trying to fleece them. Newcastle. Fleece them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you see Leeds in Southampton? 2-2. Nice late comeback for the Saints at home. Kyle Walker-Peters with a big goal to secure a point for the Saints. 2-0 down, right? They were 2-0 down. Yeah. Yeah. Rodrigo had the brace for Jesse Marsh's Leeds. I, I think I think Leeds are going to do all right. Uh, they're going to hit some bumps in the road, but I think, I think they're playing okay. Um, they are. They, they let Southampton into that into that match, but they were away, and it's still early in the season. But any of the relegation concerns that people would have had last year for Leeds so far, I, I don't see it. Mm. I don't see it. I like Brendan Aronson a lot. I'm biased from having watched him in MLS a bit and thinking he's one of the most underrated players on that U.S. men's national team that, on paper, I look at that U.S. team, not as good as Canada. Honestly, not as good. And he's one of those those the brightest stars there and uh if you put him on canada if you were to try and do a best 11 he's, he's fourth or fifth on the down the depth chart for me mm-hmm. so that's how i see it you can tweet us if you disagree with me you americans american outlaws oh, footy, sure they do. footy underscore prime <laughs> uh wolves nil fulham nil i didn't see that to be fair but another draw for fulham's good for the cottagers come straight back up yeah, Mid- I feel Mitch- like there's Mitrovic was feisty. I feel like there's there's one game I'm forgetting. Wong, is there is there a game from the Prem that I missed? Is there? Uh, it was not, wasn't a. Oh 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 right. Oh, it's the the derby. It's the it's the Jimmy Brennan Craig Forrest derby. <laughs> uh, see, Jimmy, I just wanted to manage your energy since we started so hot before. I wanted to yeah. make sure you had enough energy to close out our Premier League recap. To throw down your to throw down your earphones and your headphones and your microphone on the table. Yeah, the mic drop. Us. Oh, mic drop. It's okay. Just, to, just, to, just so you know, broadcaster courtesy. Just do the un, just do the mute before you do it. That's <laughs> yeah. We'll extensively edit it out. No problem. Nottingham Forest. What a result, man! What a what a place. Like that that ground was buzzing. You could feel it through the television. I was uh I was happy for you. Sorry, yeah. Craig, but I was happy for Jimmy. It was a great result. Great result. It was a long time coming. You know, the fans have been starved of the Premier League for 20-odd years. Um, to finally have a home game. Uh, the place was electric. Um, and even even the manager at the end of the game said this was for everybody, for the fans as well. You know, they, they couldn't get tickets to that match because it was such a... They were hot, those tickets. Nobody could get them. Um, but I thought, you know, their performance overall, they looked organized. You know, they, they had a a few good chances. You got to give credit to to West Ham as well. You know they they were unlucky. They hit the crossbar twice, missed a penalty, um, and if you're a West Ham fan, you'd be thinking you should have got something out of the game. So they'll be disappointed. Um, but it was just meant to be Forest Day. Um, 
and it's good to see that they they got a win at home, three points now, um, and now they just continue to hopefully build on that. And I've said it before uh, that I think Cooper's uh, one of the best managers around. I think he's proved it at all levels, and what he did last year with that team, and then what he's had to do in a very short period of time of after winning the playoffs, which leaves you uh, even shorter period of time because the season's even starting earlier this year. Uh, they were well organized for if they won or if they didn't. I think they had scenarios already worked out. And as soon as they won that game, I don't think they were in the dressing room before they were doing deals. Mm. There are 12 or 13 players they brought in. That doesn't just happen overnight. You just pick it out of the sky. This is already planned in advance if they were going to get promoted. But then you got to put that team together. And I think overall, uh, not particularly great at Newcastle. Didn't create an awful lot. But again, first season, first game of the season, new ownership, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a really tough place to go. And that's kind of what West Ham hit today at Forest. First time in the Premier League for years. First home game. That play, like you said, you could feel it through the TV. It was great. And West Ham will feel like they, how the hell they didn't score a goal penalty shot. I thought that would set him off. The crossbars are two attempts come down on the line. Henderson making really good saves. Mm-hmm. No, they've done really well. I think we talked a little bit more about it in the post-game show that we did. So if you've not seen that, you can check out our post-match show from Chelsea Tottenham where we get into that on YouTube or on Twitter. Um, what did it look like through the TV, Toronto FC Saturday night? Because I was there in the South End. And got to be honest, when Portland nicked that equalizer i thought oh shit they've given this away i think they they kind of had their chances they they maybe were a li- little too patient to rfc before they weren't as uh, lethal as you expect with the attacking forces that they have bernardeski and insignia were a little off they were mishitting balls insignia looked angry with the field i don't know if he's going to raise a stink about the cfl team playing there we, he spent all those games in the suites watching tfc before he could play right as he is he like showing up early to watch the Argos and see how they're ruining the pitch for him? Because <laughs> there was quite a few times he mishit the ball and he just looked at the ground. He looks a bit like a petulant child, which is unfair because he's the size of a child. But the way he was flaunting his hands and yelling into the grass, I felt like he was he was blaming the pitch. Well, that would suck if the pitch isn't up to the standard it should be, or would he? He needs to be. He's an artiste. He needs to be playing on a canvas. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you who's a hell of an artist that uh, will be playing for Canada and looks pretty good playing back in Canada. Richie Larea. Yeah, Richie Larea looked outstanding. He set up Osorio again. I think that's back-to-back matches now that he's connected with Osorio. Mm-hmm. The way that he gets Jimmy to the byline where he gets the defender so close, the defender who's trying to stay between the net and, and the player, and he gets the defender so close that he can put him on the outside and use that byline. Honestly, I don't think there's too many players, at least in MLS, as good at, at that specifically. No, he's got so so much pace off the mark as well. You know, that first two, three yards, he's explosive. And you can see when he goes at defenders, he's trying to slow the defender, slow him, and then, and then get by him and, and what I like as well, and you can see his game's changing as well. He's uh, he's more calm in those areas as well. He's looking to pick out that pass, yeah, not just getting those areas and then just whip it in and hopefully somebody's going to be there. You can see his head's coming up and he knows exactly what he's doing and picking out passes. So 
He, also, you know, also will be happy because also is making very good runs as well in the box. He's yeah, little areas. And they're good buddies. They know where they know exactly where each other are. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You know, I got to say, uh, even with the little time he actually played at Forest uh, and seeing him there uh, last night, he, he looks better for this time he's actually been there. Yes. Oh, for sure. It would help them improve 100%. You know. I was going to say that too, to Jimmy's point about him being more confident and trying things that maybe we hadn't seen before or just with a bit more ease. Yeah. Um, you can see that throughout the team, right? And Jimmy, you mentioned about what it's like just playing with these better players, raising everybody's level. It is so clear. And even someone like Crescito, who at first you could tell step above everyone else, once now that he's sharing the pits with Insigne, holy hell, the the, the level of the of the two of them, but more noticeable in Crescito because we'd seen him without Insigne in front of him. Their overlaps, their runs, it's amazing. Yeah. No, just look, when, when better players come in, especially when you get a few coming in at the same time, it just elevates everybody. The standard in training gets better. The tempo's faster. You know, there's uh, th- there's more demand on, on every single player to perform, to keep the ball, not give it away cheaply. Mm-hmm. You know? And everybody wants to play in a, in a side with, with great players. So everybody starts pushing themselves because – you want to be on that pitch now with these players. You don't want to be sitting on a bench or sitting up in the stand. That insignia goal, I got to say, was just talk about artists. Yeah, yeah. And, and B, you were you were Bradley. talking about you were talking about what was it like on television. Uh, it was so exciting to see that domination after the Timbers uh, drew the game. Um, that last 15, 20 minutes, TFC looked out of sight. They, they looked amazing out there. And uh, from Richie running up the right side to getting it over to Insignia, Akinola missed, like the goalie made, a, the keeper made a great save. But there were chances upon chances. And Crescido moving the ball up, it was, it was tremendous to see. It was an exciting game. In the past, TFC would collapse, right? So they'd be hanging on. That If they take the foot off the pedal and they get burned like that, especially against a team that's much better than their record in Portland, that, that was it. That was the end of it. And so I'm standing there thinking, oh, here we go again. The team hasn't really changed that much. Did it feel like that in the in the stands too? Did people deflate when that uh, when the Timbers Well, to, to you, they did at the goal, but I think to your point, uh, TFC like kind of off the kickoff the next minute, they, they looked like they raised it a level. And then that they were gonna they were gonna try and run down Portland's throat, and they did that, and they kept yeah. it up. And then they, to be honest, the three one might even flatter Portland. I think is a scoreline because yeah. I feel like I feel like TFC were were better than that. So yeah, look, TFC's fun to watch. Like when they're all connecting everybody on that pitch, and they're all in sync, they're they're fun to watch. Yeah, they are, and they're only gonna get more fun when Ronaldo shows up and plays in between Bernadeschi and Insigne. That's my prediction, because obviously he's leaving and terminating his contract, right? Yep. Isn't it bizarre when you look at like Richie Valerius' situation? He comes back to MLS, so he's coming back to a lesser league, and he's playing with an Asinje. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Nottingham Forest would love to have Asinje. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, but he couldn't afford his wages. No. Yeah. Hell of a situation. Well, they could, but. Uh, Montreal keep winning. Yeah. Late goal. Uh, well, not too late. Lapalina in the 69th minute, but they win in Houston 3-2, which uh, I always feel like should be worth more than three points because just surviving Houston, Jimmy, feels like it's more deserving 
it's worth more. The point, the point total should be higher if you win away. Especially in the summertime going down there. Ooh, it's not good. Deadly. Absolutely deadly. I it's imagine. tough for the fans watching. Like when it's that hot. Oh. I, yeah. I, I think that keeps fans away. It, 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 that's why I think why Tampa Bay played baseball inside that dome, although they are going to move, I guess. But it's no. like it, it looks like it's crap inside and it's too hot outside. 100%. I think it keeps people away. And it's um, it's unfortunate. I mean, look at the Houston Astros play in a in a retractable roof, and it's hardly ever open. Yeah, at that yeah. stadium, they did a pretty nice job with that because there's a lot of natural light coming through there, right? They designed yeah. that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Whitecaps lost to the Galaxy, which uh, will be a big blow to them because the Whitecaps are kind of in a similar situation to TFC, where they've got to keep racking up points and can't afford to drop any if they're going to make the playoffs and the Galaxy are a team that haven't exactly been great but it looks pretty good on Saturday yeah Vancouver's got a they're just fighting away there but they're I don't know not sure they're going to do it no yeah. they don't, don't play like a side that it gives me a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to compete no that's true I agree with you on that yeah I think that does that make losing the Canadian Championship final and missing out on the Champions League place next season when you have a full squad and you've got Insigne and Bernadeschi and players that you want to sell, does that make it more of a blow to TFC to have lost that? It's not like they lost to a better team. No. They just weren't good enough on the night. Yeah, they'll be disappointed, obviously, because that's what they were expecting to win it, get in Champions League next year with the team that they have, maybe add a couple more pieces. So they'll they'll be very, very upset with that. That's for sure. And then on the flip side, Vancouver is going to be buzzing because they'll be looking to in the offseason. Can we improve? Could we get a few more players so we can make a run in this Champions League? I hope so. Yeah. So now that we're recording these a little earlier after we do our post-game show, there will be some games that we miss. So in general, let's make it easy on ourselves, boys. We'll just ignore Serie A and La Liga since uh be a lot of headliner, excuse me, 4 p.m. games that uh, we just won't be able to get to. Well, there was some Serie A games yesterday too, wasn't there? Yeah, do you want to break down Lecce Inter? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I thought Inter was uh, was on form on the day. Right. It's crazy they didn't start Lukaku though. Yeah, which is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter crash though that was that was the most wild part of the game for me. That was that was nuts. <laughs> that was nuts. Yeah. Well, we're also missing a, a Canadian Premier League game, which is my lead in as we uh, hit some of the Premier League scores. Canadian Premier League scores. York United is playing Edmonton uh, shortly after we finished recording this um but they brought moba Bully in your old club jimmy uh yeah. which i think is is pretty exciting he's a hell of a talent he he's showed a it good, forge. good player very good player mo that's a good signing for them hopefully he gets in there starts banging some goals because they definitely need some goals i don't know how many fans may have realized that even that he'd left he went to qatar for a cup of coffee to play in the uh it wasn't even the stars league the top division was the second division in qatar yeah um so now he's back in the cpl and i think he'll have quite an impact similar to Ozaze Di Rosario. He was who, the uh, one downloading all the Qatari uh all, all the our episodes. In Qatar. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why we've dropped down the charts. Uh Mo Babuli's left. Shit. That's right. You're right. He had the whole team out, out there. Uh-huh. Well there's hardly anybody lives in Qatar, so I can't imagine the second division would be that many people watching it, number one. Fair. 
Number two, the standard. He must have scored a mittful. <laughs> I didn't even know they had a second division. I didn't know they had a first division until they won. Until they won the rights to uh, host the World Cup, they probably didn't have a second division. Jimmy, yeah, they're the size of like a little bigger than Vancouver Island. I checked it out. Actually, <laughs> is that the? Yeah, they're like four thousand square miles, and Vancouver Island's twelve thousand square miles. And it's for spares. It's for as sparse or. Uh, you know, not as population dense as the island is. Yeah, I think there's 24 you... million in Qatar, I think, isn't there? Okay. And only a few hundred thousand citizens. On Vancouver Island, it's only a few hundred thousand? No, there's uh, just under a million people live on Vancouver Island. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Victoria, not the major city that uh, people think, at least population-wise. Yeah. That's the whole the whole island's under a million. Mm. Yeah. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacific beat Atletico 1-0, which is a good result for Pacific. And they sold Wero Diaz. Um, where did he go, Jimmy? God, I didn't write this down. It slipped my mind. Mexico. Norway. Was it Norway? I thought he went to Mexico. I thought he went back. He went did to, he go to Norway? Norway via Mexico. <laughs> Norway via Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he flew from Pearson. So, yes, I can understand That's that. That's right. That's why went to Cancun for a, for a week. Did he really? Drank tequila. Went to Norway. Yeah. The club what was called Sundal. Sognadal. Yeah, it's a good club. Yeah, their first division club. Yeah. Norway. They've got several divisions in Norway. Bit bit uh, ahead of Qatar in their football infrastructure. Good. Oh, JC's posted the population of Vancouver Island at 864,864. Wow. The size of Mississauga. But it's much more beautiful. No one's ever been to Mississauga and said, hmm. God's country. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they say that when they go to Tofino. I got to do it, man. I, you know, I've never, I've been to Vancouver a few times now, but I've, uh, I've never been to the island. Tofino, go. that Pacific Rim Park, Long Beach. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, footy Prime Away Day. Can we do a, can we do a big Pacific game? Yeah. Well, I'll go sleep at Craig's dad's house. Oh. Yeah, we can all bunk in there for sure. Yep. I thought, Rob, Rob, I thought Rob Friend was going to put us up since he's moving back <laughs> yeah. to Vancouver, Lower Mainland. You can take care of it. Um, you can uh, take care of yourself in watching the Premier League by having a subscription to Fubo, and you can help us out if you uh, subscribe at fubotv.com slash footy prime. And if, we, if you're watching the halftime show and the, the whole time show, our boy JC has the Fubo TV and the Premier League and the Footy Prime logo as his background. So what's interesting to me is to see how long that will not get flagged. To see if that will get flagged at all. Who knows? Let's see. Flag us. Who knows how things work? Well, Don't draw attention to it, Wonga. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I mentioned yeah. it. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Don't mention <laughs> the logos. <laughs> well, boys, we had a hell of a week. And now we deserve a couple days away from each other. So uh, for those of you footy primers who are so loyal and always downloading and engaging with us on Twitter, footy underscore prime, thank you. And please, keep finding it.